Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of RealCom Live. Um, as I do every week, or at least I try to, is come up with one word that describes what we're going to do today, what we're going to talk about. And my word for today is foundational. Now, let me explain. Um, the office environment, the retail environment has been moving along at a certain pace for, call it 50 to 75 years. Over the last, you know, 25 years, digital transformation has started to impact, you know, real estate companies, but also their tenants. So let's say we were on a journey to digital transformation. Of course, the pandemic hit, threw everybody into this work, live, play, educate, entertain from home experiment. And I'm guessing that it probably accelerated the normal digital transformation that was going on um, by about 10 years would be my guess. Okay, So here we are in this chaotic state, a built environment, you know, 100 years old, is now being forced to radically, quickly rethink how to use and operate its space. So our guest today comes from the architectural and design uh, world, uh, Zaha Hadid, one of the best, most recognized architects on the planet. And the reason we went to an architectural design firm for a conversation was they deal with many clients. One corporation, they're going through this once. One real estate organization, they're going through this once. An architectural design firm are usually the people that get called when changes occur in, in thinking and redesigning space is front and center. They've got many clients. They hear many opinions. They're moving at a quick pace, not just in the United States, but globally. So I am really excited to bring in our guest this week um, to talk about uh, what they're seeing in respect to this future of hybrid, immersive, next-gen work experience. We've got Arjun Kaker, who is the co-head of Zaha Hadid Analytics and Insight. And I had the pleasure of working with Arjun uh, at Cortec, and we had so many incredible conversations about what is going on in this transformational time, and it's going to be a great conversation. So let's bring Arjun on and get this conversation started. Arjun, how are you? Great, great, Jim. Thanks so much for, for inviting me. Uh, uh, this is my first time on a, on a live show, so uh, I'm super excited. Very um, good. Well, well, you know, you should have been on live shows a lot all over the place because when our audience sees the work that Zaha Adida is doing and you're doing, you have some of the most iconic forward-thinking progressive projects in the world. In fact, we've given an award to, to one of them, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. But um, yeah. Yeah, I just, as I mentioned in my opening, I think it's critical to get you folks, uh, as well as probably the consultancy community, you know, in, in, in the room, and, and we're planning on doing that for Realcom uh, and IBCOM, which you're gracious enough to be part of our, our advisory group, but you folks see a lot and you see it quickly, right? So your opinion is not just, oh, I've got one corporate campus to rethink or you know five regional offices. You're dealing with that times a hundred. So I'm, I just am excited that you, know, you can bring your knowledge and expertise to this conversation because of all the co great conversations you must be having. Um, with your clients. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, just so people have some context, and then we're going to get into the company and then right into the conversation. Yeah, so um, uh, ever since I qualified as an architect in the you know, mid-90s, uh, I've always been fascinated and uh, throughout, throughout the last 25 years focused on workplace design and in particular user experience. And that's uh, office buildings, but it's also from factories to education facilities to performing arts venues. Okay. Um, 
And uh, yeah, but really uh, over that last 25 years, the last sort of two, three years has definitely been the, let's say the most exciting period in, in that time. Well, they say a picture is worth a million words. Let's, uh, let's uh, agree with that. And why don't I give you a couple minutes to, with submit visuals, show us and talk about what Zaha Hadid is all about. Because if our viewers don't know who yeah. they are, or you are, um, I think you're in for a good surprise. So I'm going to let you go yeah. and give us a little overview and I'll be right back. Yeah. So, um, uh, yeah, I, I started my career at, uh, at Foster and Partners and I was there for 14 years and I worked on uh, projects, uh, including the Apple uh, campus in uh, Cupertino, Hearst Tower in New York, uh, and the uh, Comcast Center in, in Philadelphia. But then for the last 14, for the last seven years, uh, since I moved to America, I've been working for Zardid and uh, for, for Zardid Architects, Z-H-A. And we've worked on uh, uh, various projects in the States, for instance, like uh, 420, uh, 420 West Street, uh, sorry, four, uh, uh, sorry uh, on, the, on the High Line and also uh, a thousand uh, museum in Miami. Um, and most recently I've been working on projects like Unicorn Island in um, China, which is a, a huge kind of mega office island. Uh, and um, we're a practice of, of uh, for 500, I think, architects now. And as you can see, we work globally. And we're probably most known for our, our flowing, organic, uh, really beautiful kind of forms of architecture. But behind that, we really focus on user needs and we really focus on technology, whether that's building technology, uh, construction technology, design technology, or smart building technology, because really for us, that's uh, so key to creating efficient, productive, sustainable, and um, cost-efficient buildings. So before, and I, we're going to spend a fair amount of time talking about your project specifically as it relates to those attributes. But before we get there, um, from your vantage point, a minute, give me, a, I'll give you a minute. What have we gone through in the last 36 months? What, what did this COVID experimental work do everything from home? What did it do to design in the built environment? Well, I think there's, you know, in the first last 36 months, last 36 months, there's been more change than the last 36 years in the way we've been designing buildings. Um, but it's not just the last 36 months. I think there's, there's change in the last you know, 36 weeks. We have uh, uh, clients who have different perspectives, you know, today than they had a couple of weeks ago. Um, <laughs> that sounds so that's familiar. We are moving so quickly. And I think what we found is the most important thing is to not tie ourselves down, to, to create buildings that are as flexible as, as possible, because we're not building for today. We're building for something that's going to be, this day one is going to be in three years' time. And that's just day one. Right. And we're building right. that building for the next 30 years. Well, let me share a process we went through. We decided uh, in um, April of 2020, we had to cancel our in-person event in Miami 
but we decided to have a hybrid event in October, November. And we decided to do it in Denver. And it was going to be a hybrid event. And, and we said, you know, here come one, come all, the first ever hybrid event. Why? Because we're in the built environment. We have events. We're inside. We're in buildings. And my team said, Jim, what's a hybrid event? And I said, I have no idea. But we're going to do one. And, you know, an in-building event was on the left side of the spectrum. An, a virtual event was on the right side of the spectrum. So think of building versus the metaverse. And the spectrum could slide left and right at any point in time, you know, because it was somewhere in the middle. Arjun, I will tell you that we changed our strategy every 24 hours for the first three months. You talked about people's minds changing. And at first it made us nervous and anxious and stressful. And by about the first two, maybe three, four weeks, we understood that this 24 hour, whoop, that's not gonna work, totally undo that one. Then once we embraced that velocity of, of change, it became fun. And we produced a hybrid event that to me, one of my most proud events in my career. Yeah. So, so you're, you're, you're this change thing. I, I don't want to lose sight of that with your clients, anybody listening, we're going to require hard decisions and we're going to have to be able to change every 24 hours until this stuff starts to get figured out. Fair statement. Absolutely. Okay. All right. So let's, let's go, um, let's go to a couple of your projects, but Let's do it in the context of what do you think is the future of work, hybrid, virtual, metaverse? You know, there's all these different words that we have to come together to explain what this stuff is. What do you see in the next 36 months? Well, I think uh, it's it's all of them. And not just for the next 36 months, I think, you know, for the next you know, 10, 20 years, I really feel that all of them are just as relevant. Uh, the physical uh, bricks and mortar, office building, um, digital environments, working from home, hybrid, metaverse, whatever that ends up being. I think they're all, they're all part of a kind of, um, they're all assets. Um, and they're, they're all, they all have their pros and cons. And um, they're all, I think what we're going to see is that for, in different regions, they're going to focus on different of those aspects in different um, industries and different organizations. We're, even within the same organization, there'll be different people using different balances of metaverse, bricks and mortar, working from home boy that is that is so yeah, different exactly. that, that, that's so different from what we're used to where yeah. even real estate companies who think themselves as being innovative they're 90 percent brick and mortar and what i think i just heard you say was it could end up being 50 50 and that is a brand new world well you know yes it could end up being 50 50 but it would be this sort of workplace ecosystem as we're starting to to think of it that could be very much, you know, 95% bricks and mortar, 5% the rest for some companies and then flipped exactly the other exactly, way around. Yeah. For Absolutely. That's that sliding with, spectrum. You know, that, that was that, that, yeah. that, you know, from one extreme to the other, there is no one answer. It's, it, it's you, yeah. And, and, I, and I think even for, for, even for what, even for particular organizations, there's no one answer. We've been, we had a, um, we recently refurbished all our um, office space 
And um, we've been analyzing for the last two years now how people are working in the space, what they're doing. Um, and what we found is that within the same project, uh, with the same people in that project, over time, they work in very different ways. So say even on a competition before we win the project, at the beginning of a competition, everyone wants to be in the office so they can all collaborate and they can all share ideas. Near the end of a competition, everyone wants to be at home. Right. And that could be just a six week competition, but they all want to be at home so they can just grind out the final presentation work. They want to completely focus, Interesting. Not, not be distracted by anything. They want to be able to sleep all day and work all night if they want to. They can, and, and so it's, it's a complete shift and that's just in a six week period. And that's with the same people. Right. So before I take a break, I do want to talk about the technology side a little bit. And we can actually go back to some of your, your recent projects, even before COVID, because you guys had embraced this. As I mentioned, you um, we gave you an, uh, an award. Let's talk for a few minutes about Biha uh, in, in the Middle East and give us just some high level ideas on how they use technology. I think one of the claims was one of the most autonomous buildings in the world. Can you give us just a you know a, a little bit of an idea at a high level what the technology in that project looked like? Well, with Biha, we were really designing a physical and a digital twin at the same time, a physical and digital environment at, at the same time. And we um, Biha worked very closely as well as with us with Johnson Controls and with Microsoft yep. to really try to create, well, to succeed in creating what's probably the most AI integrated building currently. Um, definitely in the now, Middle East. Now that building's possible. three years old. I think that's, we gave you an award about three years ago, maybe even. Is, that, is it still the most AI integrated building uh, in well, the world? I mean, in terms of, that's the thing. It was, it, was, it was designed three years ago. They moved in this year. So we um it was it's it, it it's 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 probably the most um uh, ai driven built building new built building at the moment but of course the you know, buildings which will be finished in a few months time it might well not be but what's crucial there is that especially with work with microsoft that they were really bringing in kind of you know natural language process But we know now very clearly with things like chat GPT, the potential right. of that. Right. So um, I'm really interested to see how, because I haven't really you know, talked to them since chat GPT came out and became public, how much that, for instance, is going to be integrated into it. Um, Absolutely. Yep. So, yeah. I mean, it, well, the foundation is there and then all these new technologies, like you said, chat, chat GPT. I'm sure Microsoft was getting ready, willing, and able to apply that to the to the architecture. And I think where this, the, 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 what BR really is a great example uh, for us of is a self-evolving building, because um, it's one thing to be the most advanced on day one, but how do you make sure that your building continues exactly. to be advanced over time? And you can look at it a bit like how we look at our iPhone that you know my iphone may, might be two or three years old but it still has the most up-to-date operating system which gets updated every 
I don't know, every day. a couple of months every day. probably. Yeah, well, probably and, every and day. So with, yeah. BR, with BR, they're able to do that. They're able to be continually updating. Well, we're going to want to dig into BHA in a lot more detail. I mean, real detail at the conference. So I'm going to maybe ask you to give us a little help getting up to speed on what the current state yeah. is, because like I said, we recognize its greatness years ago. And now that it's getting ready to really get into operations, I want to I want to follow up with that. We need to take a quick break here from one of our, our uh, sponsors, and we'll be right back to uh, continue this fascinating conversation. All right, boy, I'll tell you, I, I, during the, the break, I'm thinking, God, we need two hours. <laughs> we only got a few minutes left. All right. So, and obviously we're going to be hearing a lot from you over the next 30, 40, 60 days, right up through the conference. Uh, it's it's going to be an exciting time. So let me ask you this. We So now we've established you, Zaha Hadid, incredibly innovative, come up with BHA before the pandemic. The pandemic hits, your phone's ringing off the hook. Everybody's confused. What are some of the things you're seeing now or even the questions you're hearing now from some of your most innovative clients really wishing to push the envelope? Are they really talking to have a metaverse copy of their companies? And what are you hearing on the street from the most innovative people? Yeah, well, um, one thing that's very interesting for us is that um, some of the clients that we're just, we're, we're hearing just from the most innovative clients three years ago, they were talking about, uh, they were talking about meaningful collaboration. They were talking about flexibility and adaptability. They were talking about health and wellness. They were talking about user control of the environment. And they were talking about seamless technology. And we're hearing exactly the same conversations now. That makes sense. Yeah. But we're just hearing them a lot more vehemently and from a lot more people. So really, I don't think the, the trends have changed. They've just really accelerated. Yeah. And, and it, whereas before it was kind of the very high-end kind of clients, the really kind of mindful clients who were thinking in that way, Everyone's now thinking in that way. Right. Well, we and boy, this is a whole other episode, but here's, let me plant this seed. What do we do with all of the real estate that is no more, that is basically functionally obsolete? The hundreds of millions of buildings that have, you know, were designed for narrow hallways and cube farms. I, I've had so many conversations in the last 30 days where people are saying my, basically my hundred million dollar building is functionally obsolete. It was designed for a different time. And, and, and the, the effort to get it to up to today's standards are just, it's overwhelming. You know, there's a lot. Of, but anyway, that's a whole other episode of, of Realcom Live. Let me ask uh, you this final question. We are finding that with, with clients, we have had clients come to us and say, we have this building or we have this site um, with two, three existing buildings on it. They're from the 1970s, 1980s. What do we do? Can we... Can we radically change this building um, as it is? Can we just kind of, you know, strip it to the to the very core and, and work back? Can we make certain additions onto it, uh, put a podium on it, etc.? Those kind of things. Will that make a difference, or do we need to knock it down right. and build something, build something new? And you know, it's it, it's really tough. I mean, it's from a from a financial point of view, investment point of view, and also from 
you know, but from a sustainability point of view. Yep. But what we really want to be doing is wherever possible. Well, we, reuse... we need to do, we need to commit all this time, energy, and money at a time when the real estate industry is experiencing incredible pressure. They yeah. don't have the money. Their tenants are yeah. wanting smaller spaces. There's all these forces competing yeah. with each other and hence the chaos, hence the chaos. Yeah. I don't want to run out of time. Real quick, final thoughts. What does the office, mall, school, hospital, home of the future look like five years from now? Well, um, I think that um, all, all of those are going to be, uh, I think they're going to be a lot more intensively used. So they're going to have to work much, much harder. Gonna, we aren't going to see buildings used, you know, eight hours a day anymore. We want to see buildings used 12 hours, 14 hours a day, maybe by different user groups at a time, maybe. Um, uh, and, and, and so much more intensively. And I also think that um, we're going to be seeing a lot more intelligence in buildings in all of those categories, a lot more AI. Um, and I think we're going to see buildings which are uh, a lot more collaboratively used, a lot more, um, they're really going to be spaces for people to come together, and they're going to be much more about experiential spaces. And of course, we've, we've seen that in the last few years in retail, and that's only going to, because people can just buy stuff online, but it's really right. experience, and it's going to be the same with the, same with the office building as well. Um, but much more experience. Well, I would much... say, I mean, we've been obviously, we've been thinking about this for a long time, right? Me, 25, 30 years, you, 20 years. Um, it is amazing to consider that we, with all this time that has lapsed, that we're still in the first inning of this transformational yeah. change. We are just starting. And, and you know. But I, I think one thing we're going to see as well is just not that, that, that we're going to have less things which are just going to be called office buildings. We're going to have things which are going to be, because they're going to be, it'll be an office building part of a day. But it'll be retail during the weekend. It'll be a right. market another time. It'll it'll be a community center another time. So just those labels, I think, are going to change. Absolutely, you are so spot on. I tell you, unfortunately, we are out of time. I am looking forward to working with you on the next gen office hybrid future. Uh, you know, advisory council in preparation for RealCom and IBCon. We got an incredible program on this topic. It's going to be devoted to its own space, integrated into the conference. Um, we've actually just uncovered uh, a few places in Vegas, Las Vegas, where the conference is going to be, that are right in line with the, what you and I just talked about. So we're going to be introducing those ideas at the conference, actually some site visits and some tours, not just theory, but you know we believe in walking the walk. We found some pretty incredible places that really do represent the future. So that's going to be exciting, and you're going to hopefully be part of all this. Thank you so much for your time, your commitment. Uh, it's going to be a fun journey, and I'm glad to be on it with you. So thank you. Thank you so much, Jim. You have a great weekend. Wow. I, like I said earlier, that could have been a two-hour conversation uh, easily. I mean, it would take an hour just to dive into the BHA project in the Middle East. Um, before um, we go any further, I'm going to bring on Howard, uh, who's going to do what he does so well, and that's give us a little bit um, of a heads up on what the news for this week. I, I mean, that was just, that was a crazy good conversation with a really smart guy from a great organization. Great. And it was a great continuation of the conversation that we started at Cortec in November. 
And just so everybody knows, we're going to be diving a lot more deeply into this at the June. Let, let, let me correct you, Howard. We started this conversation in a ballroom in Denver in 2020. Okay. I mean, let's be very clear. Uh, we are part of the built environment. We decided to have a conference in the middle of a pandemic and we transformed that ballroom into something that was never done before. Uh, and that was at least my real, I mean, we've been on the, this journey for a long time, but that was a stake in the sand. So we're going to try to understand what hybrid means. Yeah. I stand corrected. You are. That is very, that is very true. <laughs> I don't like to blow our own horns, but you know, we, we don't just talk about this stuff. We dive in, roll up our sleeves and experiment ourselves so we can experience firsthand and we can bring that insight and knowledge to the industry. So let me get out of your hair. I know we got some good news and I'll be back when you're done. Yeah, thanks, Jim. Um, I, I have a few news highlights from our weekly news briefing that goes out every Thursday morning. If you don't see it in your inbox, just go to realcom.com, click on news, subscribe, uh, and you'll, uh, you'll 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 get a copy every uh, every Thursday. So I'm uh, I'm going to open this week's news briefing. Uh, GSA, General Services Administration, they just debuted their workplace innovation lab earlier this week. They completely reimagined a 25,000 square foot space located in GSA's headquarters as a workplace R&D lab so they could gain insights on new developments in office sustainability. The goal was not only provide more flexible working space for federal employees, but really to make federal workspaces more inviting and people friendly as agencies implement return to work policies. Now, the space features, of course, sensors throughout the whole office. Uh, to provide visitors with information on occupancy, reservation times, temperature, air quality, other climate data within the building. And they have a huge emphasis on OT network and data cybersecurity. And throughout this pro pilot project, GSA is going to be sharing information that they collect uh, throughout the project with the, with the industry. So GSA re does recognize that people are going to be coming back to the workplace really to be with other people. And, and that, <clears throat> excuse me, the future for federal portfolio is going to be quote unquote smaller and smarter buildings. So you want to keep an eye on this and other GSA programs. So next, now this technology kind of snuck up on us. I can't say that we saw this coming this quickly, but uh, how is chat GPT going to be used in commercial real estate? So this guy, Filippo Incrovia, doesn't know much about poultry. He's actually a real estate broker, not a farmer, and he needed to identify a possible warehouse distribution center for a poultry client. And he typically do hours of research on the poultry industry, but by using the AI chat by chat GPT, Incrovia found what he needed to know in like five minutes. It's becoming apparent for better or worse that AI technologies were going to find their way into mainstream traditional business processes and everyday tasks. They're, they're there now, but more so, even more so in the future. More and more folks are using OpenAI's free bots to produce conversational answers to inquiries rather than just pre-programmed chatbot responses to questions or having to resort to manually scraping the internet for search results. Now, I'm not sure there's a lot of conversation about will this actually replace humans in the workplace, but I tell you one thing's for sure, this, the genie is definitely out of the bottle on this. And we can't forget every technology has a light and a dark side. And we need to stay vigilant that our tech isn't working against us. So uh, next story, for any of you who've attended Realcom IBCon since 2012, you know we feature a smart building best practice showcase where we bring 30 some odd real estate execs representing some of the most iconic smart building projects from around the world. And they do, and they come in, in, in an environment where they can mix with the attendees 
in a highly interactive poster type session. And every few weeks, we highlight one of these project profiles in our weekly news briefing. And this week, we're spotlighting the world's first net zero energy uh, multifamily tower, 303 battery in Seattle's Belltown, Seattle's Belltown neighborhood, which is developed by Sustainable Living Innovations out of Vancouver. Prefabricated modular 303 battery is pushing the boundaries with the latest high performance panelized prefabricated building design and low voltage energy infrastructure. It's nearing completion and this 15 story building features ground floor retail, 112 units, 27 of those units designated as affordable and the smart living technologies give tenants a beautiful, comfortable home that produces no greenhouse gas emissions. Read about this groundbreaking project and, 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 and watch the link to a video showing the actualized panel construction process in the smart building profile in this week's briefing. Finally, how secure is our EV charging infrastructure? As more electrical vehicles hit the road, we're gonna need more EV chargers. And the downside is that cybersecurity risks, they're growing with the charging infrastructure and cyber criminals are really starting to pay attention to the vulnerabilities in both EVs and EV chargers. Now the risks range from disruption to operations, to charger networks, to take over the networks to be used for DDoS attacks, theft of customer private information and fraudulent payment for EV charger use. And we've seen ransomware attacks to hijack charger message screens, sometimes with vulgar, objectionable or political content. And ultimately, some of these attacks could lead to disruptions in the power grid. So this great article dives into the security best practices for EV charging ecosystem uh, and drives home the reality that cybersecurity will be a perpetual battle and one we can't ignore. So folks, that's just a couple of this week's highlights, lots going on. Check these out more in this week's briefing. Have a great weekend and back to you, Jim. As always, Howard, you dig through the noise and you come up with the content that is legitimate, uh, real, uh, important, and uh, you and your team do a great job. So thank you and uh, hope you have a great weekend. Okay, thanks. All right, so before um, I introduce next week's uh, topic and uh, speak, guest, why don't we hear from our final sponsor and I'll be right back. All right, so um, next week, um, boy, we have just got a power panel. Uh, we're getting ready, actually have been getting ready for a couple months now, real common, Ivy Connor in June, it seems so far away, but it's gonna be here before we know it. And we are now, the tenth of way uh, in the planning process for that event, uh, and one of the first things we do is choose our uh, chair folks uh, for both RealCom and IBCon, as well as our advisory council. So we thought it would be a great opportunity to bring on our co-chairs for RealCom next week: uh, Jeannie Schneider, SVP and CTO of Heinz; Joe Rich, EVP and CIO related companies; and Sinesh Kashav, Managing Director and CTO of Prologis. If you just look up those folks, have any understanding of who they are, these are phenomenal companies with incredible projects with some of the most forward thinking and innovative um, ideas and concepts. And these three folks are some of the smartest we have in this industry. Um, they have incredible jobs uh, as far as what they need to do, transforming open the buildings in the new, make sure the new are state of the art and keeping their organizations um, up to speed as far as technology, automation and innovation. I am proud and feel privileged to be able to have a conversation with them. I think you're not going to want to miss it. Uh, these are three very smart people from three extraordinary organizations. 
And uh, we're going to start going deep as to what we can expect uh, the conversations to be in June. So you all have a great day, great weekend, be well, and I will see you next week on Realcom Live.